What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan. Hello. And Fred. Hello there. And guys, we are uh, through a month of the season now into uh, in a couple of days into May, or about a week into May now. And uh, as we talked about last week, this NL East division, uh, it's going to be a battle like we thought it would, but may- maybe it's going to be a battle of some mediocre teams. Uh, I still think the teams in the East are better than what their records show right now. Uh, but currently, the Phillies lead the NL East with a uh, 17-15 and 15 record. And the, the Mets are behind them, just a game back, and the Braves a game and a half back after their win on Thursday. Uh, but speaking of the Braves, they, they continue this up-and-down trend in this season where they'll lose four and they'll win three or four. Uh, and then they'll lose another series. And this past week, they get swept by the Blue Jays, and now they sweep the Nationals. Uh, Allen is really just kind of this roller coaster for the Braves right now. It's you know hard for them to find any consistency. They they need somebody to stop those losing streaks, whether it be the pitcher or the offense. You know it seems like they'll have a good game pitching, and then they won't hit. So uh, really, just I mean, bottom line, just a very inconsistent team right now. Yeah, and I think that the pitching is probably the leader of that inconsistency trend, I guess. They seem to be giving up a lot of runs in a lot of ways, and that's been a problem, which is why in the last three days we've had better pitching and the Nationals haven't been able to hit, and that combination worked for the for the team, and, and they cut their sweep. So now we got to go to Philadelphia and figure out uh, <laughs> if they can do the same thing there now. I don't really know what to make of this overall. It's like a trend around the league overall. I mean, we saw the Dodgers start off 13 and 2 and now all of a sudden they've dropped a whole bunch and they're in that third place at 17 and 15. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy to see what's going on all over the place. You got the Cardinals now leading. You got the Brewers behind them. Uh, that's not terribly unexpected, but uh, other than that, every other division, it seems like, has been uh, sort of upside down. So I don't know that it's necessarily the Braves, but it's certainly a trend around baseball. I, I, I got to wonder if this isn't some sort of after effect of uh, the weird year that we had last year to some extent. Yeah, you, you mentioned that, and Fred, it, I wonder if it has anything to do with the injuries because there just seems to be a lot more injuries 
this year. And it kind of just depends on when you catch a team. You know, the Braves get Max Freed back in this series, and that's obviously a huge boost. Meanwhile, the Nationals are without Soto, who can't play in the field, just able to pinch hit. And, you know, Alan mentioned the Dodgers. They're without Bellinger. There just seems to be a lot of injuries around the league, and it could be a, a factor for some of this inconsistency that we're seeing from a lot of teams. I think it's directly related to all the pitching injuries. I mean, pitchers are dropping like flies, and they didn't get enough innings last year. Their spring trainings were cut short. They were sent home. They come back out. They do an almost spring training. They go in, and they're, they pitch like they're relief pitchers, most of them. I mean, obviously, Anderson and a few others didn't, but a lot of them pitched like they were relief pitchers, and then they sit out the winter, and they start their routine, and they come back this year, and they're not stretched out. And when you sit around like that, you feel stronger. Um, and if you feel stronger, you throw harder. And maybe your mechanics aren't right. And, and suddenly you've got a sore shoulder, a sore lat, a flexor tendon tightness in the forearm. All these things are related, I think, to the bad year, as is the hitting. Because, you know, the ones that didn't hit really well uh, last year, they're going to get better, but the ones who hit well, they're, they've come back to earth pretty hard, and that, I think that is related. It's all related around this, the pitching thing, because last year the pitchers were either really good or really bad, and the hitters were either really good and really bad, and this year everybody's fallen down hurt, and I, I think there's a relationship to it. I asked Tim Dirks about this uh, in, in the uh, insider thing. Uh, he said that they're working on something, but they haven't got any data yet. But uh, empirically, uh, I'd say there's a direct, direct relationship to that. Yeah, because, I mean, it just it's happening too frequently to a lot of players, to a lot of teams. I mean, I cover the Brewers as well. They're, they've been without Yelich most of the year, Kane a lot of the year. Burns has gone for now COVID. Uh, they've had almost 20 players. I think they're at 20 players they put on the IL this year. That's, you know, an extreme amount. They're on the high end, obviously, but. Yeah, a lot of teams just struggling with injuries, and that hurts the consistency when you're constantly having guys coming in in and out of the lineup. You know, the Braves missing uh catcher now with Travis Darno down. They've obviously been without Freed and Soroka a lot. Um, so it's just hard to really find that consistent drive when you're constantly losing players and then getting them back. Uh, but speaking of somebody who came back, I talked about a, a little bit earlier. Uh, the Braves got Max Freed back this week, and a uh, huge Huge boost for the Braves, and he was uh, solid coming back. Uh, went five innings, um, gave up uh, just the one run on four hits and a walk with six strikeouts through 72 pitches. Uh, obviously still kind of working his way back up. Lowered his ERA, Allen, to 8.44. So um, <laughs> certainly great for him and good to have Max back, and hopefully he starts to look more like the Max we're used to. It is, and... You know, you mentioned he went five innings, and that uh, sort of feeds directly into what uh, Fred was telling us a minute ago, is that uh, the pitchers are being um, treated with kid gloves when they are healthy, and it's going to wear on the bullpens and such. And that's why we are all holding our breath today in the third game of that uh uh, of the national sweep in that uh, we were using the back end of the bullpen to try and save this third game. And that's direct result of using a lot of innings uh, from, from these guys as it was, you know, uh, got them some innings on the first game, but uh, 
uh, freed a little short, as was probably expected. The only real saving thing is the fact that uh, Smiley actually got him into the seventh inning today. That was the big surprise. Who knew, who knew that the Nationals would be the, the cure-all for, for Smiley's ails and woes. So, yeah, uh, great to see Max back, though, and that certainly gives uh, the Braves a, a chance to get another one, two, three uh, combination together uh, of he, Anderson, and uh, Morton, and then now, you know, uh, really as, as a fourth one if he continues to do the great work he's done. So things seem to be looking up if we can keep everybody healthy and then and get some things going here. Yeah, Smiley's only allowed to pitch against the Nationals now the rest of the year um, <laughs> because outside of them it's not been pretty. But, yeah, definitely a big – Big game for him on Thursday, going six innings. He did walk four, but only allowed four hits. I gave up the one unearned run uh, and just four strikeouts. But uh, tried to go into the seventh inning. Even you know, you talk about you know not wanting to use that back of the bullpen there. Snickers trying to get him through the seventh, but uh, unable uh, to do so with that leadoff walk. And Snicker had to pull him, bring in Luke Jackson, who of course is always makes it interesting, but found his way out of it once again. Uh, but going back to, to Freed, Fred, <laughs> Freed, Fred, look at there. Um, <laughs> going back to Freed, he, uh, you know, having him back, like Alan said, it kind of gives you four guys in the starting rotation who, you know, you can depend on and him and, uh, Morton and Anderson and now Enoa, you know, that, that'll help, you know, stop some of these losing streaks. They haven't really had that ace type guy who can, you know, give you six, seven shutout innings to help you stop a losing streak like Freed is capable of. Yeah, and the the thing about Max was that he was just simply out of time. If you watched the pregame of that, you saw that he was uh, rushing everything, and so his arm was having to hurry and catch up, and that made him lose it. When he came back, he's got his mechanics down, and he's throwing smooth again. And and Max is going to be fine. Max Max will be fine. He'll be giving you six and seven innings pretty soon. Uh, and you know, God bless you, Noah. I, um, I hope he continues to pitch well because uh, he's worked really hard for this, and uh, he's been the one who stepped up when, just like Max last year, when everybody else struggled, uh, you know, Noah stepped up. Even Andy Anderson struggled, and, and you know, Noah stepped up in the box, and he was the guy that threw his hat out there and said, uh, this streak doesn't go any farther, and you gotta you got to love, love that. Smiley, boy, I'm, I didn't know the Nationals were this bad, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm glad he got through that today, cause if we'd have had to go to the pin early, it could have been real nasty. And, uh, I, I, I just hope that, you know, uh, and, and Max and Anderson can, and Morton can, and Morton get back on track. He's, he's okay, but he's not himself. If they can get back on track, it doesn't matter who pits in the fifth, in the fifth spot, really. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're like, Two thirds or yeah, you know, two thirds of the way there. Uh, now we just need to keep pushing that forward and pushing it forward and hoping nobody falls down. Yeah, um, and, and speaking of you know, we can kind of go there next because you know what he has done for this team to start the season uh, is nothing short of amazing. Honestly, I mean, like you said, he has uh, picked the rotation up when they've needed it. He's been a stopper for this team, uh, which was unexpected. Uh, he has a 2.36 ERA in 34 and a third innings with 38 strikeouts and a whip of 0.903. And that's just the pitching side of things. He's also been the second best hitter 
for this Braves team uh, behind Acuna to start the year. Obviously had the Grand Slam on Tuesday. Uh, Alan, what do you what do you make of this start from Enoa? You know, before you, you you answer, let me just say we've talked about it before in the fact that it seems like he always ran into that. You know, he always had kind of good stuff, you know, that you believed um, could at least be a, a middle rotation type starter, and he's obviously looked better than that at times this year. But we talked about it before where it's just that one inning that he's always had, and we saw it in spring training too. If he could get over that one inning, get through that one inning where things seem to snowball for him, if he could get through that, then he could be a really good pitcher. And there was one start particular in spring training where he ran into that and was able to push through it and get out of the inning. And ever since then, it seems like things have started to click for him. Well, you just said what I was thinking, which is that uh, once you get a guy – to the confidence point where he thinks he can do just about anything in terms of damage control or getting through a, uh, a crisis, then it's like everything falls into place. Uh, I'm just you're looking through his minor league stats here. There's nothing really that jumps out and says that he was going to do this kind of thing. Uh, he's got uh, years of uh, ERAs of five of there's there's one of uh, well, his stint in Florida with the Fire Frogs, he had an eight ERA in 24 innings. Uh, that year is four and a half. With Gwinnett, it was 5.33. With Mississippi in 2019, 5.27. So there's nothing that, that jumps out and, and says, wow, this guy could really be something for your rotation. Yet all of a sudden, you've gotten a guy who's gotten his confidence. He's He's got his stuff working. And the the team obviously recognized he had some talent because they've given him the shot. And clearly uh, they're right about this because here he is still not even 23 years old. That that happens in a couple of weeks. And he's pitching like he's a, a grizzled veteran out there. Never mind the hitting. Sort of channeling Tony Cloninger here uh, from, from, from the Braves past. So I'm – just thrilled to see what's happening here. Uh, this is not anything that uh, most people would have projected, but it, it certainly welcomed and kind of shot in the arm that the Braves certainly needed. Yeah, and Fred, it's it's certainly not sustainable. Uh, hopefully, I'm not hurting anybody's feelings by saying that. But I mean, what he's doing is is Cy Young MVP type worthy stuff. Uh, I don't think that's sustainable just based on his track record. But confidence is an amazing thing. Uh, and we talked about that a lot with Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson, too. If they can just get that confidence that they can be good at this level, then perhaps they will be. Um, but, you know, confidence level has to be at an all-time high right now, and certainly I think that's playing a factor into it. Well, I think part of that is that he knows who he is, and he knows what he can do, and he doesn't try to do anything else. And he and I know that's that sounds kind of simple, but he's not out there trying to be the ace he's out there trying to do what he does he he pounds you with the fastball he pounds you with the fastball he throws that little slider up there every now and then he'll throw a change up that you please don't swing at but he he's up there with that fastball and he's beating you to death with it and about the time you think you've got it he says ah now's the time and he'll flip that little slider up there and they'll go crazy and he just knows what he can do and he does that and he's been fortunate to work with with jackson and Contreras in the minor league and they know what he can do, and that gives him a, a comfort zone that he 
I they know what I want to do, and they can throw it, and I can throw it, and they're going to stop it. So you run into pitchers like this who pop up out of nowhere and hang around. Chris Medlin was like a 16th round draft pick, and the odds of those guys coming in and doing it are are are, are very slim. But there's no reason, uh, as long as he keeps doing what he does and doesn't try to get nobody tries to make him something he's not. I think you'll be fine. Uh, when we did the uh, talk earlier this year with the ESPN prospects, he said, well, he's just a guy. He's a reliever. But you n- nobody told you no of that. So he went out and proved to me, he said, I can start. And he went out and started. So I think that's your confidence point is exactly right. Uh, and also it's a, it's a belief that belief in myself. I know what I can do. I know how well I can do it. And maybe I didn't do it well yesterday or the day before, but I'm going to do it well today. And and th- that mental attitude is so important. And I th- you look at the way he pitches and you listen to him after the games. And the young man is, is so grounded and so sure of what he can and can't do and what he needs to do uh, that it, it's it's wonderful to see that. He's been the big surprise on the positive side for the Braves this year. We got to talk about the negative, and that's Freddie Freeman. Um, I mean, we're over a month into the season now, and he's batting 202. You thought maybe he was kind of breaking out of things in that Cubs series. He had that four hit game, but since then, I think he's like one for 23 or 24 uh, at the plate. He got a day off on Thursday. Uh, Alan, I, I don't know what's going on. Just body language. Freddie hasn't looked right to me all year. I don't know if it's an extension thing. I don't know if it's having three kids all of a sudden thing, uh, what it is, but he just hasn't seemed right to me all year. I haven't even got a clue where uh, this has come from and, and why he might be slumping the, the way he is, but uh, I was suggesting uh, laughingly uh, earlier that uh, Anthony Rizzo probably messed him up, but uh, it's more than just that, obviously, and I, I really don't get it. I don't know if he's uh, chasing. I need to do do a little more research to see if uh, maybe everybody's just continuing to not throw him strikes and he's chasing the balls. It doesn't feel like that's what's happening, but he is certainly missing a lot of things that uh, he used to be able to drive, and, and I don't understand that. I, I just don't have a good answer for you because it's just – out of the blue like this and we have not seen this kind of a uh, uh, a slump for Freddie at this kind of a length for his entire career uh so you got to believe he's going to snap out of it some plate at some point uh he's he's healthy he should be uh ready to go and uh, I am glad that they were able to give him a a break in the game today so he could get a day off and and uh, maybe recharge and and think about uh, tomorrow a little bit and then go out and do it again. And, and let's see what happens, see if that helps him. Yeah, Fred, I mean, when, when he came, when he first came up, I mean, he'd go through hot and cold streaks like any young player trying to adjust to the league. But, you know, for the past six, seven years, I mean, he's been one of the more consistent players in all of baseball. So to see him go through a prolonged stretch like this and it not be related to an injury. I know he had a slump a couple of years ago. I think it was in the, the 2019 that was related, you know, to an injury, but 
we, you know, aren't used to seeing prolonged slumps like this from Freeman. And so it's, you know, while I think he'll obviously come out of it and be fine, but it's just a little discouraging, little, I don't know, worrisome to see him, you know, struggle this long into the season. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure he isn't injured. I mean, he took that shot uh, throw when David Bodie threw back to first base and hit him in the elbow. Um, and we we sort of blew that off. Him in the funny bone and this that and the other thing and and I'm I'm wondering if that isn't a little worse than a little worse than we'd like to think it is. Um, I he's not going to tell us first off, and neither is Snicker because Freddie go and turn his desk over. So uh, I'm I just it's either that and I and there's the other thing about this is when he was asked oh ten days ago about the extension, he seemed to be less than about that and i'm wondering maybe there's some of that kicked in there too i mean i don't want to take this someplace that hasn't gone uh, elsewhere but it just seems like sometimes he's up there and he knows what he's supposed to do but he's just not his heart doesn't seem in it sometimes and and i wonder i it looked like this when his wrist was hurt uh, and maybe that's it maybe the elbow's still giving him jip um uh, uh, and if so, uh, boy, I don't know how you get out of that because he's going to play. Um, and without him, the lineup is really in, in bad shape. So I, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I'm like Alan. I wish we had an answer. I wish we had a way to get an answer, but I don't think there is one. Yeah, no, that, I guess that's what's more the frustrating part of it too is that, you know, we're trying to make these, these, you know, opinions basically from a thousand feet away and, you know, like you said, to me, just reading body language, like you kind of said, sometimes it just doesn't seem like his heart's in it this year, which is unlike Freddie. You know, he doesn't even seem as happy-go-lucky as he norm- normally has been in the past. But, again, that's me just trying to read somebody that I've never met, never talked to. Um, you know, perhaps there's an injury there. I don't know. And like you said, he's not going to tell us. He's going to try to play through it. Because, um, like, again, like you said, if you don't have him in the lineup um, – things look really bad. I mean, I know they got the win on Thursday without them, but they scored three runs in that game. It's not like it was an offensive explosion. So uh, they need him in that lineup, even just his presence in there. I mean, he's still getting his walks. Um, you know, they need need Freeman in there, need him to be, um, need him to be the, not necessarily even the MVP type Freddie Freeman, because I think they have that in Acuna now, but uh, he's got to be a big force at the top of that order in order for this lineup to do what it's capable of doing. Um, and then one more kind of a depressing matter to talk about is the bullpen. Uh, Alan, I, we, I feel like we've been saying this for two, two, pot, two straight podcasts now, but when they get Chris Martin back, I think things will be okay. <laughs> um, it'll settle down. Uh, we thought last week we talked, you know, we're getting Newcomb back and then Martin coming back, things will be okay. And now Newcomb's been optioned after a couple of bad outings. Uh, but hopefully Martin, Martin's supposed to be doing some rehab game for Gwinnett over the weekend and could be back next week. I think he'll definitely, uh, be a big boost in the bullpen for the right-handed side. I mean, we're bringing in Josh Tomlin, Luke Jackson from the right-handed side right now. Uh, they finally optioned Nate Jones. Didn't know he had options. If so, why was he not optioned a long time ago? But anyway, you know, this bullpen is just a struggle. I mean, you saw what the B squad you know, did on Thursday and they got through it. But I mean, by the, um, you know, without sweating it out and you had Will Smith there, obviously your closer to close things out, but that seventh and eighth inning 
uh, were very troubled. You got Edgar uh, Santana coming in there trying to to get out. Uh, it's just really rough right now in this Braves bullpen. There's not a lot of arms you can go to that you trust. Well, I think you're just trying to save the bullpen for the Philadelphia series coming up. So, yeah, Jackson, Santana, and Dayton were used today. And <laughs> I don't know how in the world they got through all that either. But, uh, yeah, I, <sighs> there's some guys that shouldn't be there. I think by now the teams know what they got and they know what they need and they're not going to be able to get what they need for a while. I guess if there was another arm that could come up that could do something good, then they would be doing that, uh, whether it be Newcomb, Carl Edwards Jr., or somebody else. Uh, but right now it's this section of the bullpen, at least, that's the troublesome spot. And you can't pitch the the good guys all the time, so you're gonna to have to give give them some breaks every now and then, and that's that's where you get games like this where where you usually have a bullpen blowing something. But uh, somehow, some way, they got through that today. So uh, there's at least one for the plus side column, and we'll have to <laughs> see the next time that it happens. This, of course, underscores the importance of having starters that can go deep into games, six, seven innings at least, because every time you don't, every time you go four or five then that uh, really stretches your bullpen out and, and causes situations like this. So you, you you don't want to get into games like that if, if you can avoid it. And uh, happily, if the starters are getting healthy and the starters are getting stretched out, that'll help the bullpen too. Yeah, and Fred, did I miss somewhere? Did Jacob Webb get optioned? Because he wasn't used at all in this series. I didn't see anything about him getting optioned. Um, the only thing I, only one I saw was, uh, was the optioning of, uh, Nate Jones. The, uh, I don't know why. I think maybe, I don't know. I, I, they need to give Jacob Webb more innings, in my opinion. He's been pretty good. Uh, it may be that he used, the last time he pitched, he threw more than one inning, didn't he? So maybe they didn't want to run him out there too quickly and, and Smith thought he had everything in hand and maybe he's trying to keep something for late in the game in case it went to the tenth inning. I don't know. Uh but you're right, he wasn't there. Uh I don't know how Jackson keeps dancing through raindrops out there and, and, and not getting not giving up a boatload of runs, but he's been doing that for ever since, been since two thousand eighteen. Um I and again we we all talked about it. We did DF eighty. We wouldn't have not we would have non tendered him last year along with with a couple others. So I don't know. I think Martin coming back is important. At the same time, uh, I don't know that that's enough. I mean, yeah. you know, if 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 you if you just replace pitcher A with pitcher B, you still got at least two others out there that eh, probably shouldn't be there. So, you know, it, it and Alan, there's nobody's going to give anything up now. Uh, Ken Rose thought that day nope, the, not, the yeah. point that we usually make that is uh, you know, the teams don't do anything in the first like third of the season. And so they'll be looking around and they'll be answering the telephone and things. But any calls now are just, hey, you know, uh, what's going on over there, buddy? And, uh, you know, we're talking about this. What do you think you'll be doing? Blah, this, that, and the other thing. They get something down that says, okay, in May, now here's what we need, okay? Then they start in May to find what they need, and then June they go after it, and then you get it in July. And that's generally the way it works and barring an injury that has to be fixed right now. Um, so I, I, I even don't even know where they go. I guess Shane Green is the, is the common thing on the web. 
but there's 30 teams out there that need a relief pitcher, and none of them have signed Shane Green yet, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is right now other than to just hope hope these guys get healthy and hope they can pitch well. Because at the beginning of the season, like I said, if you have Martin and um, and, and Smith and you have Matzik and you have Minter doing what they're capable of and doing what they did last season, you know, other than Smith who – uh, you know, had a rough go of it last year. I, I think this bullpen can be solid. It's those guys at the bottom that on days like this where you can't use your top guys, like Alan said, where things get pretty sketchy. So, yeah, I think the bullpen is going to be a work in progress. Like you said, even getting Martin back, there's still more moves that need to be made. Uh, but again, like you said, that's probably on down the line. Teams aren't ready to really make those moves at this moment. You um, got what you got. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, you just got to hope they. Hope they improve. Hope maybe you get a surprise from uh, the minors that comes up. Maybe it is Carl Edwards Jr. I know he pitched, I think, in the, their opener the other night for Gwinnett and was really good. So uh, maybe he's that guy. You know, maybe there's a surprise down there. Maybe you ring up a young arm like a Kyle, Kyle Muller, or maybe you put Bryce Weiss, uh, Bryce Wilson in the bullpen. Um, you know, you got to hope you get a couple of surprises here that step up. Uh, a bit of news that's not shocking, but at the same time shocking. The Braves brought back Tyler Flowers. Um, we've been saying it for a while now that eventually they'll they'll bring back Tyler Flowers, and uh, now they have brought him back on a minor league deal. So, uh, Alan, what was uh, your first thoughts on the signing, and how many games do you think Flowers catches for the Braves this year? I am still trying to figure out why they're doing this. If uh, Mathis was going to be the veteran uh, baggage carrier for uh, Contreras, and the the only thing I can come up with, and and really it sounded from um, the descriptions I've been seeing from the beat writers that uh, they believe that Flowers is being signed because they want to bring him to the majors. So is he better than Mathis? Not sure that he is. Uh, all uh, indications I've seen uh, have heaped a lot of praise on Jeff Mathis, so I don't know that uh, he is that kind of guy. So the only other thing I can figure is maybe, possibly, they want to run Contreras back to the minors to get uh, more seasoning, less pressure time maybe, save some uh, service time considerations perhaps. I I can't even imagine why they'd want to do that given that uh, Contreras has the bat that they – uh, should have in this lineup and, and not those other two guys. But uh, I just don't quite get it right now. It's, it, it seems a little odd that this timing works this way. At the same time, I, it doesn't surprise me that they have eventually gotten Flowers going. I just didn't expect it to see him perhaps uh, usurp Mathis in, in the process. And I guess we're going to have to see how this thing plays out, but um, I'm, I'm a little curious. Yeah, and Fred, I know you're you're excited and pumped to have Flowers back. I'm thrilled. I, I, I'm thrilled. I I want to see somebody who outweighs me back behind the plate. Um, I, <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. Jeff Mathis is, by all definitions, the best backup catcher left in the game. He's 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 better defensively than he blocks actually blocks balls in the dirt, and he's he's hit as well as Flowers as well. So you if you're signing Flowers. You know that he's not going to play in the minor leagues, so he's going to come up. You're either going to let the best backup catcher of the league go and the hope that Pudgy from last year is better, or you're going to send Contreras down, and neither one of those things makes sense to me. 
I don't understand it. Uh, he just, he hasn't hit for two years and there's no reason to believe he'll hit now. Uh, I, I just, it's just, it, it's, it, my mind is boggled, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely a good way of putting it. Like when, when I saw the, the announcement, I mean, I just, you know, audibly laughed out loud because it was the most obvious Braves thing ever to do. And I saw you put in the chat, you know, where, where's the call for Mark Akis? Cause he's probably next. Um, but yeah, I, I don't get it either. And seeing the bat of Contreras, I mean, let that play. I, I know he's going to have his lumps behind the plate, but I mean, he's already been 10 times better at the plate than Alex Jackson was. And I know we were all on board early on for Contreras getting the, the roster spot over Jackson early, or at least I was. I, I think y'all were as well, but uh, I, I don't yes. know. With, 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 with TDA being out, you know, for a while, maybe the whole season, um, you know, having Contreras back there to give you some offense, especially where a lineup that, that struggled a little bit out of the gates, uh, I just think you need him in there. He he doesn't look overmatched. Now, maybe um, that happens over time after the league adjusts to him. But, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, again, you got Mathis. Unless you're unless you're going to keep get Flowers and keep him in the minors as a backup in case Mathis goes down or Contreras goes down, but – like you said, if they're bringing in Flowers, they're most likely going to bring him up to the big leagues. And at that point, you're going to have to make a decision that doesn't make sense. Uh, but that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure that you check out our work over on the website at TomahawkTake.com. And make sure that you follow us on Twitter at TomahawkTakeFS. Uh, and we will talk to you next time. This has been the Same Song, Different Verse edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, where we try to conjure up more reasons why this team isn't playing up to its talent level. It's nonetheless a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants because Minute Media has washed their hands of the whole affair. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Comic Plotting. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by tomahawkdick.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today, and yeah, we pretty much predicted the arrival of Tyler Flowers in this space last week. You're welcome. We'll see you out for the next inning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.